Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. I pushed it. Okay, good. <laughs> you know, I, I used to say, Josh Cutler, one of these days I'll be organized. And I've said this a hundred times, probably more than a hundred times on the show. One of the few advantages of being well into your senior years is it becomes... I hate to use the word excuse, but a rationalization for everything. Maybe I should say it's like, well, you know, I'm an old man. Well, you know, I'm an old man. So, well, you know, I'm an old charming. man. <laughs> Thank you, charming. I don't think anyone yeah. has said that. Thank you for that. I I appreciate it, ladies and gentlemen. The Day Hospital. You heard me talking about this. I'm honored. The memoir. I'm honored to have Josh Cutler on. Josh, good morning to you. Good morning. So, Thanks for having me on. Tell us about you. Well, I'm a licensed clinical social worker based in Seattle, and um, I've been working in healthcare for almost 20 years um, in a variety of leadership roles, and I'm um, also a father of two lovely little girls. Um, did you say and, that? Did, 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 yeah. Um, and so <laughs> I, uh, I um, am busy. I've got a lot going on. Um, I've been a psychotherapist for um over 10 years and um and this year uh was an important year because i shared some more personal stories from my own life um in the day hospital um kind of based on my own experiences as a mental health patient but reflecting on that through the lens of being a mental health professional as well you know when and and very beautifully written and there's so many places that i want to go First, let me ask you, what inspired you to, to be, to want to help people? As a social worker, you've got to have that, I've known a lot of social workers uh, yeah. in, my, in my life, and there's that, that, that yeah. common thread of people that, I, I can't imagine anyone going into social work, wanting to do therapy, any type of social work, that doesn't really have a desire to, I dare say, almost yeah. a need to help others. Yeah, well, I, I would say that my first uh, probably informal role in, in social work was in middle school. My peers selected me as someone that they would talk to if they were struggling, and That's so beautiful. I was named a natural helper, and they sent me to a natural helpers camp where, where we got some training about that. And um, I was actually recently out with some mental health professional friends of mine and asked about this, and a couple of people were like, yeah, I'm... I was a natural helper too, and so that's uh, kind of where it started. Um, but that wasn't where I intended to um, head my career. I, I was actually really interested in media, um, really interested in working um, as a filmmaker. That's what I started in college, kind of focused on, and maybe getting into TV or even radio. Um, but then it was some really um, deeply personal and painful experiences that sort of derailed that journey and sent me down this path so some family members that ran into some significant mental health issues and also personally I experienced my own and that um, in the recovery from that it became clear to me that I wanted to go on a path where I could help others who were going through this stuff and and really the system is um, 
so broken. Uh, I've been really interested in how we can improve the mental health system as a whole, and there's just so many cracks to mend. Um, these days, I feel like we need. I'm kind of tired of trying to fix the cracks, and I'm ready for um, creating a whole new system. And um, I've been lucky enough to work in some programs where we're doing that as well. Can you t- talk about the system being broken? So, just when people reach out for help, um, too often they're um, either taken to an emergency department, or depending on the level of, of challenge, um, you know, they might even be taken to jail if someone's you know, really psychotic and getting into trouble. And that's kind of on the more um, intense end of the spectrum. But even on the um, just kind of everyday human challenge side of depression or anxiety, um, people reaching out for therapists, I know, I mean, I get calls every day and I'm, I feel bad to turn people away, but I just don't have the capacity to see more people. And, um, and so there's um, real gaps in... Um, the number of mental health professionals that are trained to do this work, but also that are in the insurance networks. It can be difficult to work with insurance, and a lot of sure. uh, therapists yeah. are just opting out because um, they're um, they're just they're not able to do the work they want to do the way they want to do it and get paid what they know they are worth, and so they just opt out. And it just leads to a lot of confusion in the system of like, how do I get help? Um, and there's all the stigma on top of that that just stigma, um, yeah. also makes it more challenging. The stigma. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, joshcutler.net, joshcutler.net. We've got links up at louisfreeshow.com and wfmj.com. A couple of things, and again, in, in total I, I, honesty, I want to say, I, I'm not sure if I like the word transparency, but I, I will share with you something I've shared on, on air before very quickly. Many, many decades ago, I f- was having some things going on in my head and I, I wanted to talk with somebody, just wanted to talk with somebody. And I remember someone said, oh, there's this good, you know, this guy in the area. He was a psychiatrist. And I'm talking with him. Um, I wanted, and he pulls out a prescription pad. Like, it felt like minutes. I don't know. Was it five minutes or 15 minutes? It wasn't long into it. And I said, doctor, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to take anything. I want to talk. And I'll never forget his words. And this, is, this had to be probably 40 years ago. And he said, we need to get you stable first. And I'm thinking, and I know I'm pretty hyper, but I'm thinking, in my mind, it's like, I'm unstable. I'm unstable? This guy is steaming me. And he gave me a prescription for, for lithium. And I, it was... Awful. I took it for, I don't know, a week and stopped feeling anything. And, and forgive me for going on about this. I called his office and one of, they said, doctor says to double the dose. And then I, I dumped it. It never went back. Yeah. That's, it, it, those experiences like that right away go. And again, I'm not anti-medication, but I'm, I needed to talk to somebody. And, yeah. you know, that's what my objective was. And yeah. then to hear, to get you stable, <laughs> who knows, maybe he was right. But the, the, that's the system. Again, that was 40, had to be 40 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was a time when on an outpatient basis, 
um, psychopharmacology was really taking off. It had been used in inpatient settings before um, pretty um, extensively, but um, now being used in an outpatient way. And um, that was not long after that. I'm about where I just turned 40 this year, actually. Um, oh, you kids. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but in, you know, my introduction was kind of the antidepressants and the um, late 90s that were kind of yeah. um, being prescribed pretty rap- um, readily by primary care doctors um, and all kinds of folks. And um, and so, yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, um, I take medication. I, I've taken lithium. I took lithium for years. It, it really did help me a lot. That's uh, great. But I know that it's not for everybody. I've heard that same story um, from other people, and um, it it led to some health challenges around a lot of weight gain and other things. But it also helped me to get stable enough to yeah. you know get some things going in my life. But um, but I but the first psychiatrist I saw was very clear. You need to be in therapy. I'm not just going to provide medication. And, and it was after I'd been in therapy for a while that my therapist, my psychologist recommended, hey, I think you, you know, you might want to um, get on, um, go, go talk with a psychiatrist. And I was really against it, but I went. Um, and I think that's the, that's the thing that these medicines work, but they also are overprescribed for the mass of um, people. And, and so, um, there's, you know, I worked in primary care. So many people are prescribed low doses of Zoloft when uh, a good course of cognitive behavioral therapy or other therapy could probably address some of the same symptoms, but doctors want to help and they don't have a lot of time and they do have a prescription pad. And so what, what I'm passionate about as a mental health professional is building out more systems of support of psychotherapy, even some of the briefer models. Um, which are very effective and um, create capacity enough to serve a population uh, of more people. So, um, so I've worked in primary care behavioral health, and um, actually the next job I'm going into, I'm going to be building a big program here in the that's Washington right. State area that's, that's, um, to do just that. That's yeah. that's absolutely 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 wonderful. You know, and I think we, I have often thought, and when you're talking about Josh Keller about insurance, that it should be built into everyone's insurance to be able to have some some therapy. I think everybody, everybody, I mean everybody, needs or could use or would benefit by somebody to talk with that didn't have... Again, it's wonderful to be able to talk with friends. It's great to be able to bounce ideas off people, etc. But to have someone professionally be able to kind of sit back and take a look and re- and talk with someone. I think everybody, regardless of how, I'll use air quotes, no one's going to see perfect their life may seem or feel to have the benefit of that. I, I, I think, I actually think the physical benefits of that, you know, could, could help people, f- not just mentally and emotionally, not as if that weren't enough, but probably their, their physical well-being. Am I making sense? Most of my treatment, yeah, most of my treatment plans include exercise and my current psychiatrist said if i could write you an extra uh, prescription to ride your bike more i would and so i took that to heart um but to your earlier point about insurance should cover it uh, i mean there are mental health parity rules um and more insurance companies are and this is where i'll say quote unquote uh, air quotes covering insurance uh covering therapy but 
the challenge is their networks are usually not robust enough or it's mm. what um, is, yeah. is known as a ghost network where you have a bunch of people on paper and you can give your member you can say to your members we have thousands of therapists but often they're not accessible to get into or they're attached to um, a health system where you can only access them if you're for example getting cancer care or primary care or other things like that and so um, there's a lot of work to to make the um, the stuff that is covered actually accessible and that's what i'm really passionate about like if people reach out for help i mean there's a lot of stigma some people aren't going to reach out for help but i'm i'm really invested in creating a system where if someone reaches out for help they're going to get it within a reasonable amount of time when you wrote the the memoir the day hospital um there's some differences first t- tell me about the first edition and what prompted you to write the first edition yeah um so the first edition was um, definitely something that I had been working on a number of essays about my life and had kind of dreamed about writing a memoir about some of this stuff, um, but they were a little bit patchwork. And then I had this experience where I went to the psychiatric day hospital after a breakdown, and and then I wrote an essay about that, and it sort of brought the whole thing together. So um, similar to what you were saying about maybe how. Uh, talking to you is it's nonlinear, <laughs> um, and and um, and and I feel like we're right on track here, but um, but it it definitely jumps around a little bit in in my life. But that's how I think about my life and how I remember experiences that I've had, um, and so it sort of opens with um, my going into this day hospital program, and then it drops back into you know earlier experiences in my life that was sort of me exploring, you know, how did I get here? Where did this mental health illness come from? I have mental illness in my family. Um, I didn't know my biological father, but he was um, a very severely manic uh, depressive. And and also my grandmother, who I was very close to, had really significant um, depression, clinical depression. And, um, and so I talked about that and um, kind of the epigenetics of... Um, of mental illness and so there's some things that I inherited and and coming to terms with that and also having that be a big place of acceptance for me of like this isn't my fault I'm not weak like there's pieces of this that are just part of my genetic makeup and they got turned on at certain points in my life and and frankly it's I think made me a stronger person and and more resilient um, to have gone through this stuff so now when I encounter people that are going through a hard time or a breakdown who are terrified who've never experienced anything like this I can confidently say you're, you're going to get through this and yeah. you know there is a path out of this um, and it's not just because I've done it as a professional it's that I've been there personally Josh Cutler the, the second edition different than the first mm-hmm. do, you, do you mind talking yeah, about so that? The first ed- yeah so the first edition um, I I published anonymously and that was the the big um, challenge with that. It was like I gave showed some friends the early drafts of it, and they were like, "This is great, Josh, but are you sure you want to put your name on it? It's very personal." And uh, recommended a pseudonym, and so I ended up just blacking out my name, and I wanted it um, to also make a statement about stigma and why I was um, holding back from that, and then. Um, over the last year with the 
pandemic and the work I was doing um, related to, uh, I did a lot of work over the last couple of years with healthcare provider mental health. And we actually lost a, a number of uh, physicians to suicide in the health system I worked in. And um, I, I got to the point where it was like, who am I to keep this story secret? Um, because I put it out there, but I realized it's really hard to promote a anonymous book. <laughs> can't really go on radio shows and honestly and um I, I had given it to some friends and family and they'd gotten great feedback and it led to some really great conversations with folks so, um and so the second edition has my name on it yeah. and um and put it out there that and, way and you write a, you wrote about that in, in in your author's note and i thought that was beautiful and i i find it very courageous also you could have left it out there anonymous you could have just let it find its way if you would yet yeah it's the courage of, of saying, you know, this is this is me, and this is what I've experienced. This is what's happened, and people can relate. People will relate yeah. to it. I don't want to say all, but certainly much of your some of your experience. Mm-hmm. Some more than others. Let me just say some more than <laughs> others. Yeah. Well, I've even heard from parents, you know, who who have been able to better understand their children's experience with mental illness. Um, and, and so I'm a child of baby boomers and, um, boomers, you know, I think came into, um, parenting with a lot of, um, like optimism of doing things differently and, um, and certainly tried some different approaches. And, um, I, I mean, I had a great childhood. There was a lot of wonderful things to, to say for it. But then I think those parents who then some of their kids later experienced serious mental illness, like took it really personally, like, what did I do wrong? And, um, and so I think for some of the, some of my, frankly, my mom's friends and others that I've talked to that have read this book that are part of that generation, um, they really appreciated, you know, hearing that story and also hearing that it, it's in my own hero's journey. Like I came through it and, and actually am, am stronger and have a lot to um, share and, um, and teach from that experience. I, I said on, on air a number of years ago, when I was talking about suicide, I said, well, I think everybody's probably at least considered suicide at some point. And I was besieged with comments, calls, and emails saying, oh, Louis, what's wrong with you? No, 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 no. And I thought, wow, I guess, you know, maybe, obviously I had that wrong. But a lot of people yeah. well, get into it. It's incredibly a common. The professional lingo is suicidal ideation. And so, um, so often... Um, people kind of freak out when we talk about suicide but for people to have a passing thought of i wish i wasn't here or if i got hit by that bus or i didn't wake up tomorrow that would be okay that's that's a pretty common thought actually when people are feeling really overwhelmed it's not that they want to die they just don't in that moment see a way out uh the 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 real challenge is that when those start to turn into something someone is obsessing about and then they start making plans plans to die and they have the means to die and and that's a very different place that's a very um unsafe that that's what i would call a crisis where someone is is really um suicidal and so um so there's there's sort of a line and as and as a professional it's i'm able to assess for that and and i would say most people freak out that they mention that to me and I'm going to throw them in the hospital. <laughs> and, and pretty quickly, it's like, 
no, you know, these are pretty normal thoughts. You're feeling overwhelmed. It's okay. And as long as you don't have a plan, let's make a plan a better plan a better to plan. make you, it's you know, feel like your life is, has some hope to it, that you have some other options. And, and I'm glad when people don't get to that point. And if they are at the point where it's, it's getting to a dangerous place, um, there's a different kind of plan we make, and that can include um, assessment at the emergency department or inpatient hospitalization or, you know, there's, there's different options. Um, but, but that's where you want to, you know, speak with your own uh, physician or if you are speaking with a mental health professional. And, and there's a big movement right now in primary care to integrate behavioral health. So a lot of primary care doctors are getting training on this stuff and um, are much better equipped, I think, than in the past. And they might even have somebody in the clinic. So if you're close to your family doctor, it's a good place to start. If not, reach out to an organization locally, correct, or, or mm-hmm. somebody. Reach out. Mm-hmm. Reach out to somebody. Yeah. Yeah, or, or talk with a, you know, a friend or family member that you trust. Let's, so talk a little bit more about what you write about in the day hospital, about your experience, Josh Cutler. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many places I could go, but I'm going to let you start off, and then, yeah, yeah. then I'll try to get yeah. organized. Sure, sure. Um, I heard so, you really said sure, sure about my trying to get organized. It's like, yeah, sure, you will, Louis. <laughs> <laughs> you know already. <laughs> Go ahead, Josh Geller. I'm sorry. Should I be billing you for this conversation? Pro- um, probably. You know what? Probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> I just got a great T-shirt that says I'm billing you for this conversation. That's, oh, that's uh, great. That's I love that. therapist joke. I yeah. love that. That's great. Um, um, so, I mean, the book opens with me at the day hospital, um, talking with a psychiatrist, um, and, and also kind of in the lobby sitting with my wife while she's doing work on her iPhone. And I'm like, am I really this crazy? What am I doing? Um, and then, you know, I go on to really, um, have a, a positive experience there and it helped me to really face some things that I've been struggling with for longer than I wanted to admit. Um, and, um, I've been pretty successful in my career. Um, during this, this time of sharing this, I've shared this book with former bosses, with other people I've worked with. And they have said, wow, Josh, I had no idea that you were struggling with this stuff. And, and it's been under the surface the whole time. Um, and, and, and this book allowed me to go back to when I was 19 to 21 when I dropped out of college a couple of times. Um, I had um, a couple of uh, suicide attempts that were really scary. And, um, and those were, um, you know, real, those are things I don't talk about much. And it's one of my greatest fears that I'll lose my mind and be back in that place again. And, and that's still what happened when I went to the day hospital later, I had to face that. And, and actually, I, I reached out and I said, I'm having a breakdown. I need help. I'm having these thoughts. And I, and I got help. And I started feeling better. And it wasn't like a light switch. It was like it took time. And it's been a long journey. But, um, but that's what I talk about in the book, um, kind of my own journey with um, an illness and, um, and some of my family members as well. Yeah, can you talk a little bit about that, that recognition when you first were starting to have some of the the issues mm-hmm. recognizing some of the issues I should say recognizing them yeah um, well for me um, frankly suicidal thoughts are a big warning sign 
Um, and um, it's for people that maybe have never experienced them in a serious way, it can also be pretty scary. Um, but I, um, again, had had those thoughts in the past that had turned into plans and, and actually acting on them. And so um, this is something that I talk with my, um, that my wife has been, oh, there's my daughter. Hi, sure. Hi, Oh, she's coming on. She's coming <laughs> on. Oh, how old? I know you're dedicated to your girls. Um, <laughs> I am dedicated to my girls. I mean, dedicated to book. Hi. Oh, God, listeners. Oh, how adorable. Hi. I know I'm a funny looking guy. Hi. Can you go to school? Okay. See you later. Oh, God. Um, how old? How old is she? So, <laughs> she's four. Oh, she's adorable. Um, Thank you for That's great. <laughs> and so I, um, I mean, I'm at, at a point too in my life where I have a lot more to lose. Like when I'm close to third on, um, where, you know, when I was in college, I could just drop out of college. Um, yeah. but when I, um, had this breakdown as an adult, it's like, okay, I've got childcare to pay. I've got a, you know, yeah. a, a high demanding job that I've worked for really for years. I have a graduate degree to get. I'm in a management role that I, you know, I really liked. Um, and, uh, 10 plus years into a marriage and it's just like, I, I've got a life here. <laughs> um, and, and so to, to take a break from that, that was really scary. And to just feel like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to go back to my work and be a functional adult. And guess what? I, I let the, mental health professionals who do this every day um do their work i kind of took off my professional hat and um and i got better i felt better so um that that was my experience that i write about in the book the and again the book is the day hospital josh cutler's memoir the day hospital and you can go to joshcutler.net where else um, so joshcutler.net um, the, it's available for sale on Amazon, Amazon yeah, um, both in Kindle and um, in print, in paperback um, so that's a request for an audiobook but I haven't um, put that together yet yeah, uh, so th- those are the best we, ways to get it if you did the audio this, I know this is, I'm jumping ahead but if you did the audiobook you're going to read it, right? Um, I, I suppose I would, yeah okay Unless you're looking for a job. No, 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 no. <laughs> you mean looking for a real job? Is that what you're saying, sir? Uh, it's it's it, such a nice voice. That's well, thank saying. you for that. Thank you for um, you know, Yeah, you're a pro. Josh, it, it's interesting because I um, actually had a guy on a couple of weeks ago that vo- has voiced, has done audio books, like 900 audio books over uh-huh. a square and I've spoken with authors that have done their own audiobooks and talk about the experience how much different the experience is in doing the wow. audiobook from writing it mm-hmm. and I thought that was pretty that's interesting too I think yours in okay. your voice if you don't mind if I say it would be great for you to do it because yeah. we probably hear things when you read the book that I did professionals are professionals they're great at it it would be different yeah. I think it would be really yeah. really powerful yeah probably hear me crying consider that well <laughs> yeah. and that's not a bad thing correct to hear yeah. your emotion yeah right isn't that right. part of it that we yeah. try to push down emotion yeah yeah and i'm actually writing another book right now where i get more into some of my 
professional experiences in the mental health system and um and then i'm finding it to be really hard because i've got a big back into some of what were frankly kind of traumatic experiences of me you know working in the system working with severely mental ill people who are coming up against significant barriers and getting help and um and it's it's hard to go back to so um so yeah it's it turns out it's intense being a writer it was a dream of mine to to be an author and um and it's been uh it's been a wonderful experience but i wouldn't say it's a walk in the park no, and the process of, of writing the hospital had to be very, it's obvious when you read it, very emotional for you. Yeah. Because you're, you're uh, reliving yeah. those as you're writing them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I say several times I'm crying as I write this. Um, and I thought about taking that out. It's like, am I saying this too much? But, but that's where I was at. So um, I thought it but was... But it's real. Then it's real. People in. Yeah, you know, again, putting your name on it is courageous. It's real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is my story, um, and I'm just a regular guy. You know, like my neighbors don't know about this stuff. They know that I've got a job and a minivan and a couple kids, and I'm just a regular guy. And, until they read the um, book. Until they read the book. <laughs> yeah. So is that wait? Is that exactly. is that our neighbor Josh Cutler said? <laughs> <laughs> Is that his book? The again, sending it to be printed again had to be very emotional. Once you put your name on it, you write about that. Forgive me for belaboring it, but I think it's really, really mm-hmm. powerful the choice that you made. Yeah, it was uh, it it was kind of terrifying, um, but um, and I write about this in a book. This kind of the what my. My definition, certainly, of bravery or courage is it's not that it's an absence of fear. It's that you're terrified and you know it's the right thing to do. And that's that's where I'm at in this journey. It's like, this is scary. This feels almost like I'm putting my career at risk that I've worked for a really long time. And I know there's a lot of stigma in my own industry, even though we take care of people with mental illness every day. But we don't admit that we ourselves have it even though a lot of mental health professionals, that's why we get into this. Um, and so to feel like, okay, I'm putting myself out there, but I also, I, you know, I'm, I'm a young white man with a lot of privilege who is able to be self-employed, who, you know, has a graduate degree. You know, I got to the point where I professionally felt like, okay, people don't want to hire me. <laughs> I'm able to do my own thing. And, um, and I'm going to be okay and I can take care of my family. And that was part of, I would say, what has also happened over the last couple of years since I published the first edition. I just started feeling more stable emotionally, but also a little more stable financially and otherwise. And it's like, you know what? I'm going to be all right. I'm going to be okay in the world. Um, and so, um, so that was definitely a piece of it as well. You're amazing and courageous in our world, Josh Cutler. When, when you say that about privilege, and again, I'm not being argumentative, but you worked, you've worked hard and through some really, really, forgive me, get emotional, yeah. but I'm thinking about a couple of things in the book, some really hard times to be where you're at. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not sure that I would, again, not being argumentative, call it privilege or perseverance. To me, it's more. Yeah, yeah. You push through. Well, it, yeah, it's certainly perseverance, and I would. Um, again, yeah, I've been through a lot, 
Um, I don't want to minimize that experience. Um, but I also want to acknowledge that I've had access to psychiatry. It's hard to get access to a psychiatrist in this country. And um, when I needed it, I got a psychiatrist. Um, and it was partly because my dad said, whatever it takes, I'll pay for it. And, um, and I've had access to good therapists. And, um, and that, again, is something that not everybody has access to. And when I go to a psychiatrist or I go to a therapist, they usually look like me. And so, um, so when I talk about privilege, like, yeah, I had no less challenge, but I also, there's a little bit more access that I had to the mental health system than, than other people do. And I've definitely experienced that in my career now, seeing how much, you know, other folks maybe struggle to even get the level of care that I've gotten. Um, and so I feel really grateful for that. Your chapter, Dad, tell us about that if you yeah. will, Josh Cutler. Again, joshcutler.net. So, see how professional I was? You're taking a sip of your tea or your coffee or whatever, and I went in at joshcutler.net so you could finish sipping before you started to answer. <laughs> I'm a semi pro. <laughs> um, so, yeah, my, 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 um, my dad died a few years ago, and um, this was not my biological father. Um, he adopted me from when I was a baby, and I talk about in the book how he, actually, I didn't even know he wasn't my biological dad until I was eight years old, and my mom walked me home from school on my birthday and told me, and and then a couple years later, my parents got divorced, and it, it was all very confusing, um, and, and he also was um, um, going through uh, some, some gender struggles at that, at that time, and um, and had, uh, I think, um, been transgender for a long time and was finally kind of trying to come out and, and face that. And that was in the early 90s. I mean, it was long before Caitlyn Jenner and all the um, <laughs> other things that are happening now. That, I mean, there's still a lot of challenges there, but um, it was a different time. And, um, and so he always lived as a man. And when I use he pronouns that was what he used um but i know that that was a part of his life that um he wasn't able to express and and so and part of what i'm trying to say is not only in this book is about acceptance as it's about acceptance of my own mental illness but um he was never i think really fully out um but i feel like his spirit kind of lives with me and and this book in this book it, it was an opportunity for me to also tell his story um and for me to, um, you know, talk a little bit about what it was like to be a child of someone who was going through that. And, and I, I try to make it clear that um, I don't entirely understand, but yeah. this is one of the best people in the world that I ever knew. And I, you know, I love them um, dearly. And if one of my children, you know, is ever um, struggling with that or is feeling like they, um, have a different gender than what they were assigned at birth. I'm going to love them and accept them. I mean, you just saw my little girl who jumped in my lap. I write about that in the book. That, yeah. You know, um, if Lucy wants to go by Lou, that's okay with me. Um, and, uh, you know, I want her to be um, who she is. And actually, my daughter this year, uh, my older daughter, has a, a teacher who's transgendered. And I think wow. it's been a little hard for some that's of okay. the other parents and you know there's been a little bit of talk about it and i've been very clear like we are supportive of this and 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 coming from a rural area and um and kind of the culture i came from i don't know if i would have been if i hadn't 
you know, known, um, known Sandy. Um, that's what my dad went by later in life. Um, and, um, and so I'm, I'm grateful for that as, as painful as it was when my parents got divorced. Um, it gives me more compassion for, for people that, um, are transgendered in our world. And, um, and so I'm, especially as a straight white man who's married to a woman, like who's got a pretty heteronormative life. Um, I want to be telling that story as well of, um, just cause I don't totally get it. I, I still really love this person and, um, I want to create a world of acceptance because, um, suicide, especially with LGBTQ people, especially trans folks is, it's really high, and um, and it's it's shameful. It shouldn't be that way. Yeah, suicide. Right? Think about suicide, and, and so many, uh, uh, you know, suicide with veterans. Just so so much, and so mm-hmm. so so heartbreaking. So so very very heartbreaking. Josh Cutler it's yeah. again. Josh Cutler dot net. The the you write that the suicidal thoughts started to come around again. They are seductive. It isn't so much a big, dark thought at first. Your mind is searching for solutions. Something is wrong. There is pain. And again, and I could go on, but but get the book and read the book, folks. The Day Hospital, Josh Cutler's memoir. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Seductive. Yeah. I, I, I get that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so... It's, I mean, our minds are, are, are problem-solving machines. We, um, we use them to, you know, build the homes that we're in. We, you know, this is why we have running water and cars. And, you know, we, there was problems to solve, and our minds solve them. And, and what, what, what can happen um, is our, our minds get into a place where maybe you're in interpersonal or work or, or other struggles and, um, and you start to see no way out of them. And, and it feels like, you know, I, I don't, I've, I don't have the skills to get through this. I don't know what to do. And it's like your options sort of narrow and, and suddenly all of the things, maybe the, even that coping skills or other things that you had, you know, might just have fallen off. And then it's like, well, what do I do? I'm totally lost. I'm in so much pain. And then it can actually be kind of a relief, frankly, and that's what I mean by seductive. Yeah, um, almost like a drug of like, well, I could, I could die. I could, I could do die this. Yeah, this suicide. Was- I could do this, and um, and when that really gets going, I remember before one of my suicide attempts, I was actually kind of happy. I was like, finally, I just get to get it over with, and I spent a lot of time planning it, like getting a noose and tying a rope and figuring that out, and kind of crazy to talk about it now but but it was like weeks of of me really obsessing on this um and it was a really dangerous place to be in but but it took me away from you know all the significant pain and i mean serious clinical depression that i was um facing so it was sort of a distraction from that and then that becomes well this is my answer because nothing else i'm trying seems to be helping um, and thankfully, I was getting treatment at that point, and um, I was able to kind of get um, right size bed and, fortunately and go for in all a different of us. direction. Yeah, fortunately yeah. for all of us. Again, in your yeah. courage in writing your memoir, yeah. Day Hospital, that experience with the hospital, 
can you tell us a little, tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, well, the day hospital, it's it's uh, it's really a hospital without without beds. Um, you still get hospital food, and um, you go for a full uh, day. And I went for seven days, so I was still able to drop my daughter off at school and be home for dinner. Um, but started the day with a psychiatrist and um, the group. It was it was all group time, um, so. I followed up afterwards with my individual psychiatrist and therapist, but um, I, and I actually I wasn't sure how that would be because it felt so I think public to be with these strangers, um, but I think that was actually what started giving me the courage to share this story. Um, is that um, like the first day I was I had to talk about my medication and my symptoms in front of people that I knew were other professionals like me they were teachers and executives and scientists and students and just regular folks you know and um and also i got to hear what was going on with them it was like oh you know and a lot of more parents too and it was like and some of them had even had their own breakdowns and gone to the emergency department maybe before and been in a inpatient unit and then they were here um that hadn't been my path but um but to be able to be in groups all day and, and sort of get to know the um, stories of others, but allow myself to be seen. And it, it was really, it started to be integrating. And that's frankly for me, I mean, this is um, where I'm where I'm at in my own journey is around integration, like integrating these stories that this is, this is part of Josh Cutler's story. Um, it's not just um, some of the, maybe more polished things that are, I put on social media or if you you met me and you know I'm a pretty friendly guy and it's not like I try to be putting on airs or something but um, but it's not often that I let people know about all this stuff under the surface and and so well, you have now with the book. You have now with the book. My young friend, if you don't mind if I say it like that, The Day Hospital, a memoir, Amazon, or go to joshcutler.net, joshcutler.net. And again, you write beautifully. I thought, I, I, think, I don't think, I know, in, the, in the, the epilogue. I like it towards the end of the book, you write, this is not the end, it's only the beginning. And your epilogue has been, is great. And you write about being grateful for life and how depression robs you of your functioning and your dignity. Uh, you think it isn't coming back, it won't function again, et cetera, et cetera, the ghost of the person that you were. The, someone emailed, just emailed me and asked the thought of giving the book. I, I can give my opinion, but I'd like to get your... I think it would be a great gift for somebody that you know that has, is, is struggling because, I, I, because of the hopefulness of it. Yeah. Without yeah. getting into a lot um, of the details of this email that I, I received from the audio, yeah. what are your yeah. thoughts? So, so um, I would say, yeah, I mean, it, this is a good book for... Um, you know, an individual that may be struggling that's looking for kind of a um, a real picture of what it's like to go through recovery, um, and also for family members that um, are trying to understand what's going on with somebody. Um, that, that this can also be a, a great book. I mean, as a um, as an author that's trying to sell books, I would say you know buy as many <laughs> copies as you can and give it to everybody you know. But um, but but, uh, but in all seriousness, I think. Um, you know, somebody that you know that that maybe um, has been looking for help and hasn't, or maybe isn't hasn't been ready to even seek therapy or 
um, treatment, but is kind of curious about it, uh, this might be something to, to share with them. And it, it, it can, I think, also improve your vocabulary of, of kind of what um, some of the things people go through and some of the treatments that, that are available um, through my own journey. And I, I'm going to say what I'm, what I'm hearing is for family members or friends that help create some, certainly some understanding and some intellectual understanding, but some empathy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and frankly, that's we need a whole lot more empathy when it comes uh, yes. to relating with mental illness. And, and sometimes people can get caught up in this, like, tough love approach. Um, and And as a father, I certainly... I'm coming to a pre- of two aspiring teenage girls. <laughs> I I, uh, I certainly appreciate the, the times when I need to kind of be a hard ass, but um, but but there's you know you can always lead with love and and make it really clear. I'm I'm wanting what's best for you. I love you, um, and I'm concerned that you're staying in bed all day. Yeah. I'm really concerned about that. You're not yourself, and um, or I'm concerned about. You know, just seem to be drinking more than than usual, yeah. and and I know um, that it's um, something you feel like you've got under control. But I, I'm concerned, and I love you, and I, I just want you to know that I'm here for you if you ever want to talk. Um, and, and rather than coming forward with a lot of judgment, which sometimes yeah. feels like people try to feel like that can be helpful if they, you know, tell people, you know, there's really something wrong with yeah. you. Or, or, um, or just or just get over it, right? Just get over it. Yeah, or just get over it. Um, or yeah, or just pull yourself up out of bed. If you're clinically depressed, I've spent weeks in bed, and it's 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 almost impossible to get out of bed. Um, and what's going on in your head? Um, but but even just saying, hey, could you get up for a few minutes today? Could we take a short walk? I'd love to hear about you know what's going on with you. Um, Beautiful. You know, have you thought about? seeing your doctor um you know just gently and and stay engaged i think too often people lose friends and family who just don't know what to do so they just disengage because it's overwhelming and scary mental illness is overwhelming and scary and it clicks off all your own buttons and none of us are immune and we're all trying to live our lives um but then what can happen is the person can become really isolated and and I've heard this lately. I mean, we've um, in my own family, uh, my brother lost a really close friend to suicide just last week, and um, and that's something we're we're struggling with. And kind of hearing about, you know, this friend, people knew he was going through some stuff, but he'd also always been a strong person and um, had kind of been the captain of the basketball team, had a pretty successful life, had a couple of young children, um, and. Um, but people knew there was something going on with him, but maybe hadn't engaged him directly about it. And now everybody's scratching their head, like, what the hell happened? What could I have done? And, and I'm not close enough to know exactly what, what went on, but um, our whole community is really crushed right now and, and struggling um, with, with the loss of this Sorry amazing young man. And then you think about it. You think, what, what didn't I hear? What didn't I say? Did I not call him back? Did I not reach out? You know, yeah. And you're left with that. Yeah, awfulness. That yeah, that hell. Yeah. I'll say. Yeah. Uh, what, really what could I have done? What should I have done? Yeah, um, and I, I lost a cousin to suicide um, 
about 10 years ago, and I, I talked about that in the book. It was early on my mental health training. Um, it was um, it's something that I still look back of, like, you know, I, oh, my God, what else could I have done? And it's actually informed a lot of my career going forward. Of um, That's why I'm so passionate about making sure all the doctors I work with, for example, are trained to respond to um, mental health crisis and, and to do these suicide assessments. And um, I have a person on my team who's doing mental health first aid training, who trains big groups. To, it's like CPR. Like, how does a layperson respond when someone's going through this? Um, and just really, and recognizing, like, um, we just need to raise the consciousness and raise people's vocabulary about this stuff. So when these things come up, I mean, we know what to do when, you know, someone's maybe having a heart attack. Um, and um, a lot of people have CPR training. Early in my yeah. career, I was required to have CPR training and for first aid. And I even was an instructor for a while. And so that's pretty broadly based. So I'd love to have mental health first aid and other things like that where people are like, oh, yeah, that somebody, these are the signs and this is what we do. And, and here's a, you know a robust system that people can get help from. Um, and that's, at this point, frankly, things, the reality of things, that's a dream away. But um, but that's the world I'm trying to create. That's wonderful. You're taking all that from your experience and your pain and trying to build a better world, which I, I love, Josh Cutler. The, a little bit about your website. I know I've got, gone a little long, if you're good for a couple more minutes. Are you? Yeah. And plus, uh, this is terrible. Once we, I sign off, I, I want to get a picture of you with a book from the screen. If you're, you, you, you do sure. have the book close, of course. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll deal with that. We'll deal yes. with that in a couple of minutes. We'll deal with that. <laughs> but a little bit about your website, joshcutler.net. Um, so, uh, joshcutler.net, I've got um, links to the book, some resources. I've been in, on a number of podcasts and um, have been interviewed for a number of articles so you get to learn more about uh, my work um i most recently did some big projects in the big health system on the west coast um and and also i'm, I'm working on building out some more resources for people looking at for for help um so look for that in the future um and so um it, it also connects to um just some of the other professional activities i'm up to and i'll and i'll provide updates for additional things that um, I might be doing in the future. That's wonderful. And again, you can get the book. You can you can link to get to the book from your site, uh, joshcutler.net, or go to Amazon and get it, The Day Hospital. I highly recommend it, a memoir, the second edition, which is available. Josh Cutler, an amazing young man. I'm truly honored to have you on Brain Food from the Heartland, the Louis B. Free Radio Show. You truly are. Thank you. Thank you so much. Stay, stay with me a minute, okay? Okay. Can you I just have the... You grab yeah, the book. Let me let me shut some. Okay. Let me. Uh, I'll be back, ladies and gentlemen, with some closing words right after a quick break. Let me push all the right recording stop buttons here and this one over here, and let me get a 